0: So I'm going to continue uh, from what I was talking about last week, the more positive part of last week, uh, about being a Margo Day, being image of God. And so I thought, to start with, why don't you just turn to the person next to you and say, good morning, image of God, or something like that. <laughs> like, like, look around, we're all in the image of God. In case you have forgotten, we've got a, an election coming up. And I think it's only three weeks away. And as soon as um, a certain date, uh, you know, the election was announced, and then there's a certain date, and then the political parties could start putting up their um, their billboards and posters and and hoardings and adverts go up everywhere. And then I think the election got delayed, and so all of those things are out for a bit longer. But um, a funny thing happens as soon as the as soon as the billboard goes up, then. People come along in the middle of the night, and they do something to the billboards. So these billboards are like representations of the of the party, aren't they? They're um, usually just a usually just a photo of uh, of Jude or um, Jacinda or um, whoever. Jude, yeah, Judith Collins, yeah. You got you know meant, Auntie Jude, or um, <laughs> Winnie, or you know, yeah. So, are you are you yelling out to me the ones who you're voting for? Is that what you're doing? We might have to talk about God and politics. Um, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, step away from the edge. But the so you have these have these representations of the people, and then in the, in the middle of the night, as soon as the billboards go up in the middle of the night, someone sneaks along and starts knocking them down, or um, spray painting them, or defacing them, and um, Outside uh, Elena's daycare, uh, and she goes to daycare in, in Melling a few days a week. And across the road, there's a whole a whole row of the billboards. You know, um, Labor and National and ACT and Vision Party and um, Social Conservatives or whatever they're called. And um, sorry if you're voting for them. Um, no, no offence. I just forgot what they're called. And, and and they every I think every week when we come along and then there's always a bit more vandalism and one of my um, one that always makes me laugh is a bit of spray paint on uh, one of the billboards I won't say who whose it is and it just says um, dumb plan. No, dumb. oh yeah dumb and then plain dumb <laughs> that's like a nice insult isn't it dumb plain dumb I'm not going to vote for them anymore because they're dumb plain dumb. <laughs> So, you know, you've got these representations of, of the political party and then uh, and people come along and they deface it. And it seems to be part of, our, part of human nature, I think, to, um, to deface um, an image of somebody that we, that we don't like or that we disagree with. Um, and so I want to kind of talk about this this, uh, this theme of Imago Day. You know, I, I, met, I talked about it last week in Genesis 1, 27, one twenty-seven says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And this is where that phrase comes from. Imago Dei, being made in the image of God. And, he, and God gave them a mission. He, so he creates uh, people in his image. Um, and he gave them a mission. Their mission was to rule and reign like God. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish, of the sea, and over the birds, of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. It's a, it's a pretty cool mission, eh? So, uh, be fruitful and multiply is the first part of the mission. Uh, it's not The Bible doesn't usually use subtle language, and this is not subtle language. I imagine it's a bit like God being like your mother-in-law, going, okay, when are you going to give me grandkids? Yeah. <laughs> be fruitful and multiply. Okay, we get the message. Um, and then they were also, also meant to have dominion, which is just like, just like what I said before, um, to rule and reign. They were, they were to have sovereignty. They were to be uh, King Adam and Queen Eve. To rule and reign in the image of God. They were, they were made in the image of God, Imago day, To be like God, bearing his likeness in the world, creating, ruling, reigning, and reproducing. They were um, they were God's uh, made to be God's representatives on earth, and if there's one person, that one thing, person that hates God, it's the enemy. The Enemy hates God, and so when the enemy saw the image of God, then the enemy wants to deface the image of God. The enemy cannot uh, could not touch God. The enemy could not even touch uh, humanity. And so the uh, enemy did what he could to deface the image of God without actually vandalizing them directly. So I'm sure many of you know the story of the uh, well-named chapter in the Bible, the, the fall. The, uh, the enemy comes along, the serpent comes along, and he, and he deceives them. He tricks them, and, uh, and what Adam and Eve end up doing is uh, defacing themselves. He says, uh, you know, they, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, to they, and so when they ate from that, they knew evil. And when uh, thinking of thinking about God, God is good. God is so good. God does, does not know evil. God has no evil in him when god created the earth he kept on saying it's good it's good it's good there's no evil in god and so when adam and eve knew evil they were they were now different they were different from the, uh, god you know there was um they were defaced defiled they were def- they defaced themselves because they knew evil and then as so it goes right humanity um uh, the next chapter in the book of Genesis, uh, Adam and Eve's son, um, Cain, he's, he gets jealous of his brother Abel. And what you think about, what is, the, what is the most brutal form of defacing somebody? It's not like spray painting dumb on a, pill, a billboard. It's, it's murder, isn't it? To actually kill somebody. And that's what Cain does. He murders his brother Abel. He defaces an image of God. And... Um, Genesis 9.6, uh, God uh, gave a directive to Noah. He had to give them a directive to say that they, that they shouldn't murder. And he says, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. So murder, murder I think, is one of the most brutal ways that a person can be defaced. An image of God can be defaced. But there's others. In, uh, in the New Testament, in James 3, it says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. So we can, we can deface people by the way we speak about other people, either like directly to them or about them. Um, sticks and stones might break my bones but words would never hurt me but actually words words are, words are powerful, words to face the image of God and Jesus talked about this too, um, Matthew 5 21 <clears throat> this is, uh, it comes from the, the Sermon on the Mount when he had a big crowd of people and he's telling them all about the kingdom of God and what life was like in the kingdom of God and he goes you have heard it You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. Whoever murders will be liable to judgment. We just read that, that passage in Genesis. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Because Jesus is Jesus is seeing this picture. He's looking at he's created these created beings, man and woman, who are made in the image of God, and he's saying, if you deface somebody, even if you um, even if you do it with your with your words or how you feel about somebody, then that is just as bad as uh, murdering them, like Cain murdered his brother. And this is this is. This is the problem of, of our world, of society, and we see it all the time. Um, it's, it's really uh, a major issue at the moment is, is cyberbullying um, or, or trolling on social media or, you know, where there's, you know, somebody comes up... Um, they just stick their stick their head above the crowd and then abuse gets hurled on them and and some of it is just so vile and so horrendous uh it's it's like you know spray it's like spray painting on a billboard but it's but you know the things that people say it, and it and it really it it cuts deep there's there's loads of stories of people who uh you know suffered um, because of cyberbullying, and they've ended up taking their own lives because it's so so full on. Right? because somebody is is defacing the image of God. Uh, I was thinking about um, the the pornography industry. Is there anybody who comes out of that industry who's not defaced? You think about the people uh, that are on the I don't know on the other side of other side of the camera. You know they um, they're basically being tr- being treated like like animals. Um, they're being essentially defaced, and then you've got the the people who uh, who use it, um, who are also like and in, in entering into it, the, they're the, the defacing themselves. Uh, and then you've got the the people that are, are making money out of it. They're defacing themselves. Like it's it's just layer upon layer isn't it you think about the the drug industry which is which is just totally built on on addiction people's um uh being being addicted to to drugs addiction to drugs is another is another way we can be we can be defaced we're taking what is what is an image of god and we're saying ah oh, no that's So there's, there's sort of all these layers, isn't there? Where uh, everybody that everybody that is affected, and we're a society of people. It's a myth to think that we're individuals, all uh, isolated and, and separated. If when one person is isolated and separated on, on their own, then then they suffer. So we're a society of people. It's all interconnected. So we're one. If one person um, is defaced, then actually society suffers. That's the problem. It's a big problem. And then like, a, like those billboards, uh, those election billboards, they get knocked down in the middle of the night and they can't fix themselves. They can't get back on their feet again. And it's the same for us. We cannot fix ourselves. We can't restore ourselves. We can make ourselves look good so that people think we look good from the outside, but we can't fix, we can't fix the problem. We can't unvandalize itself. Is that a word? That is now. We need someone to come along and make it good again. So Jesus, enter Jesus. Oopsie daisy, wrong one. There we go. Jesus, enter Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is the perfect imago Day. He, he is the true, the com- complete, the ultimate fulfillment of what it means to be made in the image of God. Colossians one 5, well, sorry, Colossians one fifteen says uh oh, whoops, did I go back? Here we go. Colossians one fifteen says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Hebrews 1:3 oh, sorry, I'm going too fast. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hebrews one three to four says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He has the radiance of that glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is much more excellent than theirs. But how's that line? The exact imprint of God's nature. And the King James Version of the Bible says, The express image of his person. Jesus is, in Latin, perfectus, imago Dei. I don't know if I made that up. I think it could be right. He is ah, the ultimate. And last week, I talked about how God, when God created humanity, it talks about this in the beginning of Genesis, and this, um, what God wants us to know about how he created humanity. And, he, and it says that he took, uh, took dust from the ground, and he molded it into a man, and then he breathed his life into the nostrils of the man of dust, and then that man of dust became living, and um, Boom, here we are, men of dust, man, men and women of dust with the breath of God in our lungs. And then in the New Testament, this is mind-blowing, isn't it? In the, in the incarnation, Jesus, who was there at the birth of creation, who was there breathing his breath into the man of dust, Jesus becomes a man of dust. Let your mind spin out about that for a while, because it's quite, it's quite nuts, it's like a painter becoming the painting or a writer becoming a character in the story. Think about the grace of God that he loves us so much that he goes, he becomes, becomes dust. Like that. Oh my goodness, isn't that amazing? It was he who created man. And as a man of dust, so as a man of dust, he fulfills the Imago Day mandate. And he, and he did it in complete surrender, in complete submission, in complete obedience to God as Father. You can read the stories. I encourage you to read them over and over again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The stories of Jesus and, and how he lived out uh, what it actually means to be made in the image of God. Perfect in every interaction with other people. So every way that he treated another person was how God wants us to treat another person. Uh, perfect in how he how he viewed himself. He knew himself as a as a son. He talks about uh, how he how he's abiding in the Father, always abiding in the Father, never doing uh, something unless he saw the Father doing it. That's what it means to be uh, a Imago Day. That's what God wanted for Adam and Eve to be in that relationship with God the Father, so close to the to his presence and to the source of life itself. So Jesus, perfectus Imago Day, uh, quote me on that. The image of God, perfect, and then the world like the enemy in Genesis three sees the representation of God in Jesus and defaces or does what the world can to deface the image of God. Beaten, tortured, they stripped him naked, they mocked him. They, these are all things that un, if, uh, underneath it all, these are great fears that we have of being humiliated in front of people, to, be, to, lose, to lose control in front of other people, um, to suffer, you know, the world tried to deface Jesus, and then he was then he was crucified, uh, the nails through his hands and through his feet, pinned to a cross. And even in that, he's still the image of God. In uh, Isaiah fifty-two. It says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. It's a prophetic story about Jesus. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up, and he shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance, and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. The face, right? So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him, for that, which has not been t- for that which has not been told them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. Through Jesus, through Jesus, and only through Jesus can we be uh, conformed, can we be restored to our true calling to be Imago Dei, to be made in the image of God. Like a like a defaced image restored, uh, Romans eight twenty nine says for those for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, and the ima- the son remember is the image of God. So if you if you're going to be conformed to the image of the son you're actually going to be conformed to the image of God. In order that he may be Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers. This is our hope in the, in, the res, in the resurrection, that Jesus is the firstborn, but then when we die and are resurrected, uh, we are like Jesus, brothers with Jesus. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. That's pretty cool. Glorified like Jesus. And uh, 1 Corinthians 15. 47 says the first man was from earth a man of dust the second man is from heaven as was the man of dust so are those who are of the dust and as is the man of heaven so are those who are of heaven just as we have borne the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven oh it's good guys it's really good this is really good news we get to be oh, we get to be conformed to the image of the man of heaven isn't that great news and uh, like we get defaced by all sorts of things i 've talked about these things before, the way we speak about others, we get defaced if we in the, in the same time you know as we as we sin we, we get defaced um, <laughs> we, we're born into into a world of brokenness, and even the way that we we view ourselves can be we can we can see ourselves so incorrectly. We can we it go kind of usually goes in two ways. One we're too, we're too arrogant or we're too proud of ourselves and our and, and what and our accomplishments or what we what we can do. And the other way is similar, but it's the opposite, and we're, um, we're too ashamed of ourselves. And yet in God, he, he wants us to be restored to be sons and daughters of Jesus, bearing the image of the man of heaven. That is restoration. That is like complete restoration, being restored from the inside out. Uh, this is a quote. I've got an illustrated dictionary of the Bible, which is... Um, Less exciting than it actually sounds. (laughs) It's all black and white images, you know. Anyway, this says, oops, not that one. To be created in the image of God means that humanity, that humans have the ability and the privilege of knowing, serving, and loving God, and that we we are most fully human when fulfilling our spiritual potential. Every human life is precious to God, and this is exactly how we should treat the people with whom we share the world so (laughs) images of God so this changes how we see ourselves it changes how we uh, how we how we operate in life it also changes how we see others Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love God and then he said the the other is similar to love others as yourself when you start seeing other people as being images of God, it starts making sense. You start realizing that honoring another person is like honoring God. Because the person next to you is, is made in the image of God. God's creation. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great, this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So when we realize that we and others are made in the image of God, then we realize that we, when we genuinely honor another person, genuinely honor, then we're honoring God. When we're genuinely kind to another person, we're being kind to God. When we build somebody up, when we encourage them, and it doesn't matter if they're uh, part of the one true church of Capital Vineyard or the other true church of St. David's and 9 uh it, it doesn 't matter if they 're in the church or not in the church right it doesn 't matter if if they smell good or they smell bad it it doesn 't matter if they 're on the computer if they um, if they said something nasty on social media it doesn 't matter if they're a, if if the representation is a someone 's face on a billboard if we treat if we treat that person well, then we're treating God well. Is that starting to make sense? This has actually been like blowing my mind as I think about it over the last few days. When we're in traffic with other people, Tessa laughs whenever I talk about traffic because I'm not very patient. But the, when uh, this comes to mind, I go, that person in front of me who did a stupid move, they're made in the image of God. So if I'm like getting angry at them, then what? Jesus said getting angry and calling somebody a fool is as bad as murder because we're defacing the image of God. I'm laboring this point, aren't I? (laughs) All right then. (laughs) Jesus said, truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. If Jesus turns up, if he walks into church, then we're all going to treat him well if we recognize him. We We're going to treat them well. We go, Jesus, you're so good. What if somebody comes in and they smell bad? Or they do something that we don't like. They push us over. They, uh, you know, deface us. This is another thing about, um, about how, we, how we deal with um, people's abuse of us. When Jesus was on the cross... Abuse being hurled at him, um, physically beaten, mutilated. Did, was he actually being defaced as the image of God? This is something to think about. Did he take that on himself? Did he begin to see himself as less than God's son in that moment? I don't think so. Even as he's pinned to the cross, he's absolutely free in that moment. How's that? Imagine living your life like that, that it doesn't actually matter what people say to you. doesn't matter what people do to you. But knowing that you're a son or a daughter of God, that you're made in the image of God, that your heart is in the hands of your father, that you're abiding in God, that God abides in you. Imagine being in that place. That's freedom. That's freedom, folks. <laughs> Where am I at? Yeah, I'm coming into the end. So we're going to take we're going to take um, communion together this morning. This is an old an old table that um, uh, I found. Um, me and Taylor found it on the side of the road, and somebody was getting rid of it. Um, and I thought, well, it's said for free, so I'll just take that home. And I spent a wee while restoring it, sanding it down, then then oiling it. And for me, it becomes a metaphor of the way that Jesus takes our life, takes our brokenness, takes our uh, our defacement, and he restores us into something beautiful. So this old school desk becomes a table of the Lord, a table that we can feast the Lord's supper from. The bread being the body of Jesus, our imago Day that we hold to. The juice being his blood, the blood of the Son of God sitting on this table that was just discarded on the side of the road, just as we were. Yeah, the table's all right. (laughs) (laughs) No offense, table. In communion, we eat the bread and we drink the juice and it's and it's more than just simply eating something or drinking something in communion where uh, it's a like spiritual union between us and Jesus, between us and the Imago Dei, the one who entered into death, but death could not hold him down as we were singing this morning, that he rose again from the grave and is now seated at the right hand of God. When we take communion, what we're, what we're doing, it's, uh, it's more than symbolism. It's more than reenactment. It's a spiritual thing where we're uh, so closely identifying with Jesus. It's like we're taking hold of him. We're going, what you have, I want too. What you've offered, I want too. I've got uh, Tessa to um, come and read a passage. Jesus said to the people,
1: As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And so now um, I'm going to invite everyone to come up if you... If you um, identify with this feast that um, Jesus has given for us if you want to be part of um, what he's given us then feel free to come up and grab some bread and some juice there's gluten and dairy free bread on this table Um, come and grab it and then we'll go back to our seats and I'll pray with us and we can all have it together let's go thank you Jesus for giving yourself to us We give ourselves to you. Amen.